SCP-4010 Attempt to look at what we accomplished One of the more common requests within the SCP community is for a single, unified timeline of the SCP universe. This is, of course, a rather impossible task, not because of the thousands of entries of different SCPs and tales, but because of the myriad of different canons and unique timelines within the universe. As it turns out, though, fans weren't the only ones interested in seeing such a timeline, as the Foundation itself had the idea of mapping out their own history of the universe. Since we're here to discuss an SCP, though, you can probably guess that it didn't go as planned. SCP-4010 concerns a single researcher, Madeline Saylor, who received a message from one of the O5s in which they inform her that she's been selected for Project Kronos, an attempt to establish a complete chronological timeline. They're not forcing her onto the project, but if she accepts, she'll be completely isolated from the rest of the Foundation until the project is finished, for the purposes of confidentiality, with an estimated completion time of one year. She replies that she needs time to think about it and asks how urgent it is. The O5 responds with a single word, very, resulting in Madeline accepting. Why exactly the Foundation would urgently need a complete timeline of their universe is pretty interesting, and apparently enough to entice Madeline into the project. Her task is to establish a timeline of documented history as complete as possible, including anomalous events. The entirety of the Foundation database is made available to her, aside from things that they've already ruled out as being unrelated and or possibly cognitohazardous. The 001 slot is also available to her, but only once she asks for permission, as they think that she should have the basics in place first, since 001 could complicate things a little. Some of the information she will come across must remain in absolute secrecy, even after the project's finished, and they warn her that she'll come across some startling information that she might think is too far-fetched or impossible to be true, but it is. Madeline begins her timeline in very broad strokes, putting down the beginning of the universe and its presumable end, then adding the current date, the approximate time when Earth was formed and when life began, and finally when humans entered the picture. With that done, she begins looking into the database. Setting aside the actual problem of creating a unified timeline, Simply reading through all of the SCP entries on the database is a massive task, not even counting all of the extra information that's been made available to her. She goes through about 50 of them in a day, remarking on how some of them even made her laugh, such as the infinite pizza box. A few days go by, and she notes that she found an issue in which years don't match up, and if even one year doesn't fit... How can she be sure about the rest? It's possible that it's just a typo, but it could also be a reality shift, something that she heard might be a thing. She decides to get an official response about this to clear it up. A response comes two days later, confirming that it is indeed a reality shift, one of many. 
Madeline laments that they've given her an impossible task, and it would be better to just have the computer automate the task. She soldiers on, though, mentioning that she just read about what happened to Dr. Scranton, alluding to the events of SCP-3001, the Red Reality. This leads to another wrench in the engine, though, as his birth date is listed as 1961, but the Scranton reality anchor was apparently invented in 1889. She ponders if there's multiple Dr. Scrantons, such as relatives, or if it's just another reality shift, which she remarks would be ironic, considering his invention of reality anchors. On the 11th day after starting the project, she realizes that she never put down the date of the Foundation's start, and begins digging into that. Most of the data regarding the Foundation's origin is locked behind SCP-001, which she hasn't requested access for yet. She knows that the Foundation's civil war, which resulted in the creation of the Chaos Insurgency, occurred between 1924 and 1933, so the Foundation must have existed for some time prior to that. Some documents she's found suggest that the Foundation or a Foundation equivalent existed since the Medieval Ages, or even before. This leads to an especially big wrench in the engine as she gets to SCP-2000, the complex underneath Yellowstone that can restart the world. This means that all of the recorded dates and years could be completely wrong, and the fact that an entire population of humanity might have preceded them, possibly multiple times. She continues soldiering on, though, as she's already gone through 9% of the database. She's not going in order, but instead just picking one thing by another however she feels like, making small holes in this giant pile she needs to take apart. She ends up liking SCP-140, the Davite book, as it rewrites history, but at least it writes down how. Three weeks have gone by now since the start, and she wishes that she would get a break once in a while, as she hasn't really spoken with any other staff. She remarks on SCP-999 being a large, amorphous, gelatinous mass of translucent slime, and wonders how many of those types of creatures they seem to have, along with statues that move when not looking at them. She finally decides to take a week-long break, but nobody seems to notice or punish her for doing so. She eventually discovers thaumatology, also known as magic, and wonders why they're not allowed to know that magic exists, as apparently the GOC uses it. On day 51, she writes that she hates herself and wonders why she can't be more cooperative. She just wants to say it in the third person, and says she's such a stupid cognito hazard. It seems that she stumbled upon SCP-426 and wanted to write about it, a toaster that can only be referred to in the first person. Two months have gone by now, and she's slowly reaching the point of having covered 20% of the database. On day 63, she finds SCP-1609, the remains of a sentient chair that the GOC put through a wood chipper, which she finds to be hilarious. She later reads about SCP-2399, a massive damaged weapon located on Jupiter, with her remarking that she'll never see Jupiter the same way again. She also feels that she experienced a reality shift herself, as she specifically remembers setting a date 10,000 years from now for the arrival of an angry star 
but now she can't find it. This would be a reference to the original SCP-1548, The Hateful Star, which has since been removed from the SCP database. She continues to find more inconsistencies among the database, but chooses to wait some more before requesting access to SCP-001. She finds SCP-2845, remarking on how gross it is that they have a dear god contained by castrating people, and that's not even the worst thing about it. She put her morality away almost a month ago when she read about Procedure 110 Montauk. She says that she's here to do this job, not to join the Ethics Committee, which she also notes does either a very poor or excellent job, depending on individual cases. On day 100 of working on the project, she's covered 32.1% of the Foundation database, and says that the timeline is looking kinda decent when you remove everything contradictory. The problem is that the contradictory stuff keeps popping up, and she doesn't want to ever see another time travel Thaumiel SCP. She's honestly thought about quitting the project, but something in her is curious about whatever it was that deserved the SCP-001 designation, so she finally requests access. Of course, upon being granted access, she's shocked to discover that there isn't just one SCP-001, but instead dozens of proposals for 001. Rather than trying to fit all of them into the timeline though, she decides to try and figure out which one is the actual 001 by cross-checking the data with the rest of the database. As it turns out though, not only are all of them contradictory with one another, none of them fit neatly into her current timeline. She starts to question her own sanity while looking at this massive problem, one which severely warps her perception of reality. She decides to accept the Broken God proposal as the real 001, as there's enough dates and documentation to make it seem believable, but she actually hopes that Kate McTierris's proposal is real, the one in which a researcher uses the 001 slot to turn herself into a deity. It's just not that simple though, as if she takes the Gate Guardian as a real 001 proposal, it crosses out the possibility of four others as being real. If she starts looking at ones that will apparently happen in the future, such as when day breaks, it would require at least two major reality shifts to be possible in their current timeline. She takes another break before buckling down, and soon it's been 150 days since the start of the project. Her timeline is still quite incomplete as there's so many reality-bending anomalies, time-travel machines, and impossible origin stories to consider. She wonders if this is how researcher Talleyrand suffered in 3999. By day 170, Madeline manages to fit SCP-055 into the timeline, which took a while as she kept forgetting about it. The following day, though, she finds SCP-055 in her sorted pile, even though she hasn't read it yet. She moves on to reading about all the groups of interest, such as Dr. Wondertainment, who reminds her of Willy Wonka. She's bothered by the existence of the Black Queen, as she's terrified of having to deal with infinite universes of anomalies. She hates Are We Cool Yet, 
as she's seen far too many of their anomalies from her former research work. She notes that one day, the computer says that she's gone through 61% of the database, when the day prior, she could have sworn it said 58%. Aside from that, though, she figures out a way to deal with all of the conflicting information. She decides to embrace the inherent chaos of her universe, especially since she knows it's a possibility that her existence is due to a bunch of horror writers, and she plans on creating multiple timelines that contradict one another. The following day, though, she looks at the database and sees that there's only 120 left for her to look over, and she's gone through 2,984. She knows there were a lot more than that when she started, and when she looks at her sheet of multiple timelines, she only sees one. When she went outside of her office, she discovered that there wasn't a cafeteria there, because she's no longer in Site 91. Instead, she's in Site 13, but it doesn't seem to be the nightmarish version from SCP-1730. Reality has been reconstructed somehow, but her perception has not changed, allowing her to witness the shift. She decides to continue working on the single timeline, since 1500 SCPs or so have stopped existing, making the project a bit easier to manage. She's not ruling out the possibility that her work caused the change, since she isn't experiencing any sign of her memories being altered, meaning that she's immune to the shift for some reason. It seems that by slotting everything into a timeline, the universe is correcting itself by removing anything that doesn't fit properly. This has been happening for quite a while now as she's been working, but she's only realized now. At this point, only 43% of the original database remains, and there are only 8 001 proposals. She immediately stops working on the project, but entries continue to disappear from the database regardless. Soon, she finds herself no longer in Site 13, but rather just in Site 3. Since more and more SCPs are being removed from existence, the Foundation's reality is changing as well. Since there's less anomalies around, the Foundation itself would be a lot smaller than it normally is, so they only have a few sites. And there's no O5 Council, instead only a single individual known as the Administrator. The GOC in this version of reality was disbanded after the fall of Communism, and the Foundation now has as much funding as the FBI's UIU division normally has. No one else seems to be aware that reality has changed, and as far as they're concerned, Madeline is still just working on a secret project. By day 233, around 25% of the original database is still intact, with 80% of it sorted by Madeline. By day 240, the Foundation no longer exists. Instead, it's just a single building somewhere on the eastern coast of the US, housing around 20 anomalies and 10 researchers, including Madeline. Soon it's down to 12 SCPs, and then 5, with 5 researchers. Madeline was assigned to study one of them, SCP-173, although it's not called that anymore. And it's not nearly as scary, since it moves very slowly now. 
By day 250, there's only three researchers left and four anomalies. SCP-173, some window that shows other places, the Book of Diseases, and Madeline herself. The following day, the book disappeared along with one of the researchers, and they're no longer an organization, but instead just a small group of people that got together on the internet. By day 250, it's just Madeline and 173. Soon it stops moving entirely, becoming an utterly mundane statue, and leaving Madeline as apparently the last anomaly to exist. She says that this world is so much different than hers, with nothing paranormal, no fear, and no wonder. The following day, the statue disappears, and then all of her notes and paperwork about the timeline disappears as well, leaving no evidence whatsoever that the world once contained anomalies. She spends a couple weeks trying to live normally in this new reality, leaving her past behind her, but it doesn't work out. She speaks to a psychiatrist about everything that happened, but of course, they don't believe her. Eventually, though, while browsing the internet for anything related to cryptozoology, myths, and legends, she finds a photograph of SCP-173 standing by a concrete wall. She downloads it as evidence to bring to her psychiatrist, but of course her psychiatrist simply says that she's living in a world that is an illusion. It's clear that Madeline's sanity is starting to slip at this point. She writes up an SCP entry for SCP-173, and on day 346 decides to share the entry on a cryptozoology forum, along with the picture that she downloaded. The people on the forum like the post and begin creating their own SCPs, exciting Madeline and reminding her of the old days. They soon begin making a community around SCPs, and Madeline wants to join, but worries that she might do something wrong and they'll reject her as crazy. On day 360, though, it clicks for her, and she realizes the implications of what she's done, and how her reality might possibly be created by a bunch of horror writers. She knows what she has to do now. She joins the SCP site and writes a new article, mirroring the start of this one, in which an O5 proposes to researcher Madeline Saylor that she begin work on creating a timeline of the SCP universe. This apparently resulted in the creation of a paradox, which flipped back reality to what it used to be. She's not at all sure how it worked, but her reality is now being held together entirely due to her little paradox. She now knows that trying to bring order to the chaos of her reality is inherently dangerous, as the anomalies demand chaos. She finishes by writing a new SCP entry describing the effects of the project. SCP-4010, then, is described as an act of establishing the timeline of the universe while accounting for every shift in reality and every temporal change documented. This action results in major changes to global reality. She leaves a note explaining that the universe is a very complex place of both order and chaos. The foundation, and humanity in general, is order, 
while chaos is the unknown, the things they wish to understand. They fear the chaos, and it's that fear that pushes them forward. SCP-4010 is an act of creating order out of chaos, but the universe runs on chaos and demands to remain broken. She knows how bad of an idea it is to understand and explain everything because she tried and succeeded. In order to fully remove all info about Project Kronos, Madeline erases all of the data, burns all of the physical evidence, destroys the audio recorder she's been using, and finally destroys herself. Madeline really got the short end of the stick on this one as the O5 Council really had no idea of the repercussions that creating a timeline would create. At the same time, though, she really performed as well as any Foundation member could hope to perform, and it'd be a real shame if she wasn't given some sort of posthumous award for her actions. The SCP universe is definitely a chaotic one compared to many other fictional universes, filled to the brim with contradictory accounts and information, but that's as it should be. So, whenever someone asks for a timeline of the SCP universe, you can let them know that doing so would drain it of the fuel of chaos that the universe needs to survive.